Firstly, I'd like to acknowledge we're meeting here today on the land of the Wajak people of Noongar Nation. Pay all our deepest respects to the elders, past, present, emerging, and in the room. Kaya, my name's Charlie Gunningham. Of course, thanks to you, thanks for coming. This event sold out again, uh, and you made it here on a beautiful day. And uh, we organized a new venue with um, the biggest car park in the world not to have any available spaces. You notice that? Can we make a big welcome for the three startup founders? One recently won an investment from an Eastern States venture capital firm. They're actually signing the papers today. Uh, their first investment by this Eastern States VC in a WA startup. That's pretty cool. Another graduated from Plus 8 last year and has been busy scaling their business this year. And another launched just eight months ago and has already been heavily featured in the local media. I have titled this Pets, Property and AI. And you'll think, what? they don't really fit together, but they do when you realize that we have the wonderful Dan Nembard, the founder of Wolfit Box, Holly Bridgewater, the founder of Human AI, and Kevin Mitchum, the co-founder of Co-Architecture. Can you please give them a huge welcome? Up you come. We're gonna get you to introduce yourself properly, starting with you, Kevin. Little 30 seconds about you, about co-architecture. I remember seeing you on a very choppy ride over to Roto a couple of years ago where your partner was throwing up into your hat, sort of thing that happens at startup. And I think you were just founding the company around about then. Yeah. And now, well, you can tell us the news. You've got exciting news. But also, I need a quirky fact from you. So over you okay. go. Kevin. That's a lot to remember in one, <laughs> one <laughs> sentence. Yeah. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Kevin Mitchum, co-founder of Co-Architecture, one of three co-founders. Um, I'll start with a quirky fact because it's just front of mind. Uh, not many people know that we actually created our company with our third co-founder without ever actually meeting him in person. Um, so we did it entirely remotely. Uh, cool. Never knew, never knew him beforehand, kind of built that relationship and community together. Is he still your co-founder? Yes, he still is. Ah, he's so he's the one land, he's, I think he should be landed now. Oh, he's the one that's <laughs> landing, right, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, a bit about co-architecture. Uh, we are an employment marketplace for architects and designers. Uh, we are national. We have over four and a half thousand members. Uh, we launched in June of 2021 with about 45 beta testers, mostly friends and colleagues, uh, and then scaled it from there and grew it um, over the last 12 months. The funny story, yes, my co-founder Wade, uh, on our first West Tech Fest uh, <laughs> roto trip, uh, he managed to get seasick and ended up throwing up into a towel on the floor and then, of course, made it into my hat. Charlie happened to be sitting right in front of us at the time. I felt so sorry for you. Exactly. You were so cool about it. <laughs> it was, uh, but he made it all the way through Rotto yeah. Tech Fest, didn't he? Bless him. And it was a good icebreaker. <laughs> I think everyone at, everyone at the event was like, oh, you're the guy who threw up on the boat. Good foundation yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thanks. So, yeah. And I guess, yeah. Did I That's it. Perfect. Everything? Beautiful. Perfect. <laughs> Holly and human AI and a quirky fact. Yeah, okay. I'll see how I go with the quirky fact. Um, so hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me. My name is Holly Bridgewater, the founder of Human AI. Um, a bit about me. My background is actually in geoscience. I'm from the UK. So like a lot of people in Perth, I spent the first 10 years of my career in mining and have since been in the kind of startup ecosystem through working with Unearthed. And we recently spun out Human AI um, just a few months ago. Um, so Human AI um, is a platform for um, getting data science work done with a globally distributed network of data scientists. So we have a community of around 
5,000 data scientists around the world. And if you want to get a data science project done, you can jump on our platform and get that done. So um, we're trying to help people, uh, you know, reduce some of the friction in doing data science projects and also you know, make work more accessible for people no matter where they are around the world. So it's a bit like co-architecture. It's a marketplace for talent yeah, and people bit. needing projects and finding talent. Similar yeah. sort of, but in your case, AI, data scientists, Kevin's case, um, architects, draw, planners, draftees. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah cool. we should definitely catch up and chat all things yeah, marketplace. a lot of learnings. Um, um, okay, so I guess a bit quirky. This is more nerdy than quirky, but I mentioned I was a geologist. So um, at my first show and tell, aged five, I took a bag of volcanic ash as my uh, show and tell because I love rocks even back then. <laughs> And there you go, and you followed it through with your career. Yep. <laughs> Dan, who's got a very interesting surname that we spelt incorrectly on the Frio Startup Fest invite. Sorry about that. I'm sure it happens a lot. But Dan, tell us a little bit about yourself and the Wolfit Box and the quirky fact. Yeah. Hi, guys. I'm Dan Lembard. Um, I run Wolfit Box. We are a human grade dog food company. And I often start my pitch by saying we're like HelloFresh for dogs, but actually we're much more like um, My Muscle Chef or You Foods. So pre-packaged meals, all human grade, no preservatives, no grains, all made here in WA from Aussie ingredients. We deliver them to your door and we're also available in retail spaces as well, which is why we've got this kind of hybrid model like those other companies I just mentioned. Cool. And I am a happy customer of all Fitbox. I saw you pitch at Plus A. Did you eat it, Charlie? How was it? Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I even videoed Muffin and Shaggy, my two little Shih Tzus, having their first ever Wolfit box and they just wolfed it down and I sent it to you, remember? I, we still use that footage somewhere. Do you? Yeah, okay. we do, yeah. Awesome. So I no doubt I've got some rights for that. Awesome. Really good. And um, no, no, we really enjoy it. So uh, did, he, did we get the quirky fact? We didn't, did we? Oh, quirky fact. Um, this is so hard, isn't it? Um, like, okay, I live in Scarborough and like religiously every Tuesday or Wednesday I go for this $10 <laughs> meal night at Lookout. You get a $10 steak, chips and a salad and oh my God, it is the best. <laughs> I swear to God. Like hump day, treat, do it guys. Just On go. Thursday? Wednesday. Wednesday. And oh, Tuesdays okay. is chicken palmy. Right. So startup, we all need to know we can get our cheap food. Right. <laughs> exactly, right. It's on brand. So if you want to know where dad is on a Wednesday, he's at the lookout, having his $10 steak. Can we welcome the panelists? What great panelists. Fantastic. All right. So how's this year been like? You know, we've come out of a pandemic. We opened up in March. What's the year been like? You know, we're coming to the end of the year now. Anyone jump in? What's the year been like? You've done a launch, of course, Holly. What's it been like this year? Um, it's been a lot. Like I was actually thinking about what happened at the start of the year and I was like, wow, things have gone incredibly quickly. Um, but yeah, we launched this year. So um, just even achieving that it was a was a pretty a big deal to spin that out from another company, um, really focused on engaging with customers throughout the year. So uh, I think I've really enjoyed getting back in person to a lot of events. I've done quite a lot of traveling, which is been really grateful to be able to do. So um, it's been a huge year. I feel like it's been a pretty tiring year, but a huge opportunity to just get out and talk to people again in person um, has made a big difference for the business. Great. And you quit the job? What were you doing? Were you, it was a side hustle? It became no, no, a so thing? Been, what happened? Still, so Human AI has just been out from Unearthed. So I'm not sure people are familiar with Unearthed. We're a kind of open innovation platform for the resources sector. So I still actually work in that business as well. Um, and But we've spun out the data science component of that business. How many people involved in human? Three of us. Three of us. Okay, cool. And are you commercialized now? Are you getting revenues? 
Yeah, so we do. We did take some um, customers from the parent business. Um, yeah. So we uh, we do. We are re- purely revenue backed. Both both businesses have been bootstrapped on, on revenue. Um, we spun the business out to enable us to, uh, I guess, source capital in a different way because this business probably will need some investment at some point. Um, so we, we're kind of very much focused on, at the moment on driving enterprise revenue, so B two B, transitioning to more kind of product and self service over time. Cool. Now, I know a year ago, Dan, you graduated from Plus 8 and you sort of shut down Wolfit Box for a while. You couldn't actually get deliveries because you were building a new manufacturing space. So how did that go and how did the reopen and, and the expansion go this year? Yeah, so we went from contract food manufacturing to setting up our own factory where we obviously manufacture and distribute from. And we relaunched in March this year. So that's been just huge, basically, <laughs> running a factory and uh, managing staff and, and all the stuff that you have to do associated with that. But it's just been a year of growth, both professionally in terms of business and also personally as well. It's just been huge. It's been really, really good. And like as emerging from COVID as well, it's just been refreshing, even though the supply chains haven't caught up. But I'm sure we'll talk about that later on. But um, it's just been really nice um, year. I've managed to travel, go back to the UK, see my mates, go to a couple of weddings. So it's just been good. It's almost like a relief because as you mentioned, we were not delivering for like a year. So to come back better than ever and have such a great response to the market and be growing on this on this growth curve that we're on now is just fantastic. How do you fund that new facility? Did you take an investment? Obviously you had some plus eight money. Did you have more capital investment at that stage or was that again your own savings or bootstrapping it? Yeah, so it was a mixture of Wolf of Revenues that we built up, um, a couple of angel investors, um, money that we have in plus eight and also a business loan. So we had a real mix of stuff. All right, cool. Well done. And I know you like to say it's not dog food, it's... Food for your dog. Right. And the difference is? <laughs> we use real food, like dog food. It's substandard, like ingredients you and I would never eat. Um, if you believe this food is food, then you must... And if you love your dog or you love your animal, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, the stuff like sits on the shelf for like 25 years at a time, or it can do. Like hey. it's, it's been, it's full of preservatives and all the rest of it. So, and these have a real negative impact on dog's health. Their lifespans have like dramatically decreased since the 1970s. It's a fact that we always mention as well. Like yes. in the 1970s, the average golden retriever lived to... 17 years old. Today, on average, they live to 11 years old. And the reason for this, all the evidence is pointing towards commercial pet food. So we're really bringing it back to a natural diet for dogs. And that's why we are, that's why we're in a position that we're in now. We've addressed a real big problem. Um, And And what have been some of the results? I suppose it's too early to tell. You've got longevity, better health in dogs from amongst your clients? Yeah, absolutely. So we actually do like a periodic survey of our clients as well. Um, and we get a customer feedback and we have them like basically measure along different metrics on their own perceptions. Um, but hopefully in the future, we'll be able to collaborate with other startups to actually um, do some empirical evidence on dogs to actually measure the, the, the medical impact that it has uh, using biometric data, like changing them to a food diet actually does. So that's down the track, hopefully. And I want to get back in a minute because I want to find how you win your clients. But uh, Kevin, the original question back for you, how has this year been like? This would have been your second year in operation? Uh, just, yeah, just year and a half. You were six months operation. old. Yeah. yeah, first full year. So put it that way. Uh, it's, yeah, huge amounts of growth. Um, we completely bootstrapped our idea. So when we launched in June 2021, uh, had all the bells and whistles. And then over the course of six months, I think we stripped it down to bare bones product and built it back up again over that six months. And then during that time, growing our network and our community around the platform was kind of integral to that growth as well. So and it's a two-sided marketplace, which mm-hmm. are notoriously hard because you've got to try and balance the demand and the supply. People coming to the 
platform will want to see enough jobs for them to do, and then people wanted to come for talent will want to see enough talent. How do you balance the two uh, as you grow? Uh, it's a do, you, do you concentrate <laughs> on one side of it first and make sure that's nailed down? It's a constant, constant balance and struggle. Um, I think the, I mean, to us, our, our biggest value is actually the network, is the talent. So we're, we're talent first and community first. Uh, that's kind of our focus and, and motto and drive. It's our passion. Uh, so that makes it valuable for employers or for people who are looking to contract uh, designers. And so, yeah, a lot of our products and features are around supporting the community first and then looking at how we make it. And you came it. from an architect background yourself and your yeah. co-founders. Exactly. So I am an architect and I've been in industry for just over 10 years, started out in engineering, uh, moved into architecture and design. And like many other creative industries, it's primarily represented by small businesses and independents. So, yep. um, yeah, aggregating the industry into one place is, makes it extremely valuable. For and people well. want to freelance rather than work for a... Yeah, there's been a huge shift post-COVID um, yeah. in terms of work-life balance, people prioritising uh, the things they, I guess, personal things they value more. Uh, so having ownership over their careers and how they manage that, I think we're seeing a huge shift from the nine-to-five job to more of a portfolio career, uh, something yep. people can manage and decide how, how it which direction it goes. So how do you get the new talent on and how do you win those companies on looking for talent? Good question. <laughs> what have you, what's worked so far? What lever do you pull that's, oh, I'll do more of that, that works and that doesn't work? I mean, again, because the industry is so disaggregated, just building them a profile and giving them the ability to kind of create uh, exposure or get their, their kind of services out there um, is extremely valuable for small businesses and independents. So... Um, yeah, that, that's, I guess, where a lot of our focus is, is how can we build them exposure? We kind of take on a bit of a hybrid model in doing that. We leverage other kind of social media platforms to do that for them and try and automate as much of it as possible to make it more accessible. Uh, so, yeah. And can you say how many people you've got on the platform? How many, how many yeah. architects? We have, we have four and a half thousand users. Of that, it's, it's probably about a 90 to 10% ratio. So 10% are probably businesses yep. um, looking for contractors or talent. And then 90% of them are probably independents or professionals looking for job-seeking professionals. Great. Okay. Yeah. And human, similar sort of question, human AI, because you've got to balance a two-sided marketplace and even younger. How's that been and what's worked? Yeah, it, really interesting. I mean, so we have a bit of a different take on the, the talent side. We kind of gamify data science, but which is quite common in, in the data science world, right? Like people are used to doing competitions in that space and we've kind of you know mimicked that a little bit. Um, so we find in the talent side, it's actually not too difficult to get people to engage in the community. People usually do it as a side hustle um, as in addition to their day jobs um, to kind of get recognition with their peers, to showcase their skills and things like that. Um, we definitely have, um, I guess, struggles on the demand side as an early business. You know, we started out um, in, with our clients in the mining industry. Um, for anyone that's tried to do enterprise B2B sales in the mining industry, you'll know how hard it is. <laughs> um, so I think for us, as we launched Human, we were exploring, you know, where is that demand really going to come from? Um, what are the different industries um, that we can expand to and expand to ge geographically outside of Australia as well? So that's kind of our focus at the moment is really building that demand and finding out where that kind of deal flow is going to come from. Cool. 
Yeah, great. And growth, Dan, how did you get – is that word of mouth? You're in retail shops now so people can see it. Do you advertise? How, how, do, you, how do you reach new customers? Yeah, I love this bit. Like we use multiple marketing channels now. We're actually right. starting our first radio ads down in Ooh. the regions, uh, starting from tomorrow actually, just ahead of Christmas. So they'll be going out and like um, – yeah, Not dog what, food. Food for your dog. She says that at the end of the video. Woo. Maybe I could, I'll just hey. hire you next time. Not dog food. <laughs> food for your dog. So, so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, adding more marketing channels to it. But I was traditionally, we've always done like um, obviously social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, we also did direct marketing as well at the start, which actually didn't work so well. Um, but we've done heaps of different stuff. Perth Royal Show, that was great dog events specifically so just trying to get the brand out there in numerous different ways we've done like live in-store demos we've had like promotions inside igas on um, international dog day for example um adding radio into the mix now as well so i just think we'll just keep adding yeah. layers and, and and just get the get the name out there i presume it's That's good old-fashioned word of mouth isn't it because people who love their dogs they like to probably talk about their love for their dogs and almost show off that they subscribe to wolfit box and then others will go, oh, I'll try that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, word of mouth is a big one. And, and we have like a really good referral scheme to really right. encourage that as well. It's like all over our boxes as well. So anyone in like the e-commerce space or um, anything like this, I think referrals is like a great one. From, from raving evangelists who already love the product. Exactly. Like me. Exactly, hey. yeah. Okay. I think that's one of the biggest like yeah. drivers, motivations and ambitions for the companies to build like a real cult-like following. People yeah. who like love the brand, love the food for their dog. It solves such a huge problem for them and they just want to share it. Um, so we have people, like we've had whole families subscribe like at once, like they get the referral code from their like mm. auntie or whatever and it goes around the whole the whole group. So yeah, it does it does work really well that way. Great. And I'm um, not sure if Chris Tistrand is here yet. He'll be, he'll be along later from Dinner Twist. But he's one of the sponsors of the Startup News Awards and he'll be up later. But it's a similar sort of concept, isn't it? That he's doing food boxes. And I think he does, he's probably bigger now, but it, last time I heard it was 1850 a week. And I'm also a subscriber to that. I love Dinner Twist. Um, I'm a sucker for a good WA starter. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be a client of co-architecture. I cannot design or be a data nerd. Sorry, that's not me, but I can go and say how great you are. Okay. Um, building that up. Um, is I suppose a real skill and then but I suppose it gets sticky and then you just add add more layers and then more people and is the idea are you only in WA are you looking to get into other states what's the sort of 2023 2024 look like yeah definitely have ambitions to go national or yeah. to deliver to other states for sure um, when we were contract free manufacturing I mean WA's uh, the ingredients here the produce that we use are incredible even like national standard certainly by international standards so like um yeah definitely new markets whether it's east or uh, internationally great so just down the line and then i'll ask a few more questions and i'd love some audience participation um so think of a question if not i'll pick on you evan um because i just happened to spot you there um but i'll pick on you justin um uh, for a question so get get ready a question before i pick on you especially the people in the back row because i used to be a school teacher and the people who sit in the back row for a reason chandra so um yeah alan yeah so um plans for 2023 kevin uh plans for 2023 i guess primarily growing our team and scaling our product from there. Uh, as I mentioned, the last 12 months has really just been trying And you're to, national automatically? Because yeah. you can be, right? Yeah, Straight national. away, yeah. Uh, 
most of our membership base is in Victoria and New South Wales. Uh, it's quite yep. a significant... Any competitors come on the scene since you launched or were there any before or you were unique? There, are, uh, there was a competitor launch around the same time as us in the US. Um, but yeah, we're looking towards, I guess, New Zealand and the UK market just because they align quite well to um, some of the legislation. So there's around. nothing apart from that one US competitor or nothing in the UK? or There are marketplaces for B2C side um, and lots of gig marketplaces, right? But nothing for nothing for design and architecture. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's our advantage is that being niche industry focused, we're probably not a big sexy market um, attraction for a lot of the bigger competitors like Seek and things like that. Yeah. Um, so we're able to really focus on aggregating a community. Tell me about the VC you won. I want to know how you won the Eastern States VC. They've yeah. been over a few times. You're the first WA investment they've made. I think that's a round of applause, isn't it? Come on. That's fantastic. We, you know, I've been railing about this for 10 years to anyone who will listen. There is no VC market in WA really, apart from wonderful Better Labs. I see Derek's here. Um, we hope there's going to be a few more soon. But you won an Eastern States VC, and that's quite tough to do. So how did that happen? Yeah, it happened remotely as well at, at the beginning. Um, so we had only just met them right before this week. Uh, the, I guess like, like everyone, you kind of put out your expressions of interest and try and start building those relationships quite early on. Yep. Uh, so we had been introduced to a few VCs at the beginning of the year uh, and kind of went from there. And it was in the last three months that we really started pushing for our... And was it remote um, or did you have to fly over there? Or They flew over they here, here. Mm. yeah, a week ago, I think. Uh, but yeah, my apologies. My brain is like it's I'm literally a running coaster. from a meeting with the VCs <laughs> to come here. Um, and Kevin, actually, I'm panicking because I know things are happening in the background right now. <laughs> I hope they're being signed. There's nothing <laughs> happening at the last minute, exactly. And you've got someone arriving at the airport. And yeah. he, when I asked him to be on this panel, he initially turned me down. He said, "But I've got people coming in and they're arriving at the moment." And I pestered him and wore you down eventually. Yeah. And you said you would come. So you have I'll to send be an Uber a to the airport. Of co-architecture now. That's, That's my payment. <laughs> cool. um, so yeah, it's it's been. Can you can you say the size? We're not going to say who it is, but can you say the size of the investment? The size of the investment uh, was a little bit over three hundred. Okay. Um, cool. So yeah, it was a, it's a good seed pre-seed. Yeah. Um, and it's it's going to make significant differences in terms of what we can focus on in the next twelve months. Congratulations! Uh, Great. I mean, everything we've done is based on revenue that we've made over the last 12 months. So, and we managed to have a positive year. That's what I like to see, right? They months, like to see so revenue and traction. Yeah. And yeah. having that capital, yeah, really kind of opens up our poss the possibilities and what we can focus on. Fantastic. Holly, 2023, you're eight months old. What's 23 going to look like? Yeah. So yeah, we're, so we're very small and we're just early days. So we're definitely still in the very much customer discovery phase. So continuing with that, um, hopefully growing the team out um, building out our product roadmap and getting that delivered as well. And yeah, focusing on that um, global market, like where's the next market for us and where are we going to expand? So yeah, plenty right. of things to get on with and then looking at, you know, potential funding sources. I'm going to ask the audience now for some questions and then I'm going to finish with a rapid quick fire round. So do we have a question? I'm going to go over here to Brett. Okay, Brett. Brett Treasure. Uh, my question's for the people with the two-sided marketplaces, so Kevin and Holly. So when you're starting out, you obviously don't have critical mass 
and critical mass is valuable. What do you tell people in the early stages to get them on board? So I guess my story is probably a little, little bit different, but it's a great, great comment. And the cold start problem, I guess, something that's um, well known. Um, but in our case, it kind of happened by default in a way. We had a few customers saying, hey, we can't hire data scientists. Like you guys have kind of built a bit of a community. How about we put some projects online? And it kind of grew from there. So it was kind of, you know, came uh, as as you go. I think it would be very difficult if we started from a base of nothing with with no kind of demand. So yeah, we kind of went on a limb with a couple of customers and then it kind of grew from there. So I suppose that was lucky in some sense, but we kind of had a bit of a seed there uh, to grow from. Yeah, I would say it's pretty similar with us. There's those early adopters that just champion champion you at every kind of corner. Even when you make a mistake, they're still on your side and they kind of promote you. And that kind of word of mouth is extremely valuable. So we leveraged that quite a lot. Um, we also looked at, I mentioned building exposure. We actually focused on building our blog and SEO strategies uh, and trying to help promote practices or individuals on our platform. Uh, and that was actually really valuable because what it did was it demonstrated that people are actually using our product. Um, so it was a good product feature, but it also helped promote them individually as well, which they really valued and therefore shared on and kind of built that network effect. Great. Um, Time for one more question, maybe two. Yeah, uh, Mel here. Uh, Dan, question for you. Um, new products, when are we going to see perfect box? What would be inside? Something for the cat. <laughs> I, oh, okay. So when, oh, when, when, when are you going to start looking at new products? I've always said perfect, like it was going to be oh, like perforated like products. Like getting all these good branding ideas today, uh, Dan. Yeah. Like, going to move into cats? Cats, yeah. My mum is always on about the cat stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm like, there's so much to do in the dog space still. <laughs> I'm like, um, but I've already got the name, but that's as far as we are. Right now. But we are bringing new product lines in for the dog space next year, I can, so, which I, is very exciting. I can also say as a customer, because my wife contacts Dan quite a bit, he is so responsive on, I want a slightly bigger size and one of these, and I need a few more packets. And you're just amazing. Uh, your customer service, fantastic. Uh, keep doing that. Derek. Hi, Derek from Purpose Ventures. So, everyone, great panel. Uh, quick question. You've talked a lot about the startup, where you are right now. Maybe just give us the one sentence. What's the dream? What's the ambition? So, taking on the world, what does that look like for each of you? Our, our vision for co-architecture is we... <laughs> and when you think about it, it sounds embarrassing. But we want, we want to be the next Instagram for architecture and design. So, the next social community platform specifically uh, for design creatives and content creation. Woo. All right, Holly. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, why not? <laughs> so we often say something about a bit similar that we want to be like the Canva of the data science world. So, um, I, but I think for me, there's two things about um, making work accessible globally. We're very privileged here in Perth, but there's lots of people around the world that don't have access to work like we do, and that's a big driver for us. Um, and from my side, as a person with a technical background, I want to make data science easy for people like me to do and get value from their data. So that's our vision. Great. And I think, yeah, to emulate the company, I think I mentioned it earlier, we want to be the My Muscle Chef or the You Foods of the dog food space. And we want to make it really accessible, really convenient, and ultimately affordable, really, to give your dog the best diet possible and improve dog health, improve their lives, reduce your vet bills, and give them a longer, happier life. Like, that's the mission. Fantastic. And then do cats. And then cats. <laughs> awesome. Okay, rapid quick fire round to finish. Those of you who uh, no doubt listen to Startup West and subscribe, uh, 
Um, know these questions that we always ask. Not going to ask each of you to answer each of them. So we're just going to go, Kevin, it's just the first thing that pops into your head. Kevin, what's the single most important factor that makes a successful startup? Uh, community. Community. Excellent. Holly, if you were to wave your magic wand over the local startup scene, what would you wish into being? Uh, more founders. More founders. Cool. Who do you admire, Dan, in the local tech scene, a company or a person? I'm going to say my mate Brendan right here. He's got three startups under his startup lab and they're all fantastic. My mate Brendan. Check them out. All right. How can anyone, Kevin, here or listening to this podcast later, because it will be a podcast at Startup West on any available platform, how can anyone listening help you? Help me? Help you. Yeah, we want to help you. How can we do that? We are looking to find or expand our kind of office space to create our little community hub for designers. So space cube, Chandra. <laughs> all right, Chandra can We need to you. chat a bit more. Holly, what do you do to get away from it all to relax and refresh? Swim or run. Swim or run. Ocean swimming yeah. and running. Yeah. What sort of, how long running, what sort of distance? Uh, 10 to 15K. 10 to 15K. Woo, that's running. Okay. And final question, Dan, what are your plans for Christmas and New Year? Uh, making dog food as always, hey. right? <laughs> wow. He lives and breathes it. Thank you very much. That was fantastic. Give a huge round of applause. Thanks, guys. And a shout out to the Startup West podcast sponsors. The Startup West podcast is produced by Startup News and is made possible by the support from Space Cubed, Curtin University, RSM, the City of Perth, Dinner Twist and Tech On.